Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Brian Crombie Radio Hour on Saga 960. So, you know, what happened in Minneapolis, St. Paul back in uh, in the spring has obviously had a huge impact. And so I wanted to uh, check in with a friend of mine who uh, who runs a business uh, in uh, in Minneapolis, and uh, and she's connected me up with one of her friends who runs a business in downtown Minneapolis. So, so I'd like to introduce you to Summer Kath, and Summer is the Executive Vice President and Head of Business Development for Cambria. Cambria, we're going to hear about. It's uh, a company that does uh, quartz uh, countertops um, and has a great facility here in uh, downtown Toronto uh, that uh, I've uh, hosted some events at. And Summer will hopefully tell us a little bit about that and about what's happened to her business during uh, COVID-19. But in addition, um, Summer's uh, introduced us to Suzanne Erickson, who runs a salon spa business right downtown Minneapolis, I think sort of in the epicenter of some of the issues that have taken place. And Suzanne Erickson, the spa is called Jungle Red? Yep, Jungle Red. Jungle yes. Red. Fantastic. Well, Summer and Suzanne, thank you f- so much for joining us. So maybe, Summer, I could uh, start with you. Um, you're running a business in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Clearly, uh, what happened in Minneapolis had a huge impact on everyone. Tell us what you, as a resident and a business uh, executive uh, in Minneapolis, sort of thought, and, and how were you impacted about what happened? Thanks, Brian. Yeah, it's been really interesting. Um, on a personal level, I did live downtown Minneapolis and um, thankfully moved out a month before COVID hit and moved into a suburb. Um, I can tell you from a business perspective, uh, it's been really interesting in, in Minneapolis. Certainly we had the shutdown like Toronto. Um, we all had the in-shelter in place uh, for several months. Now there was a moment there though that we had the in-shelter lifted far before Toronto and in fact, on May 5th, I went back to my office um, far before a lot of people who are in high rises in Toronto. Um, and there were a lot of businesses that went back May 5th. It was really interesting. And so then we started to do business with people that were in their home and people that were in offices. So that, you know, it wasn't like we were all in the same boat at that moment. Um, our business, Quartz Countertops, um, was deemed essential. So our manufacturing facility, which is in a small town, Minnesota, never shut down, thankfully. And our biggest, um, I would say, initiative during and still is, is keeping all of our employees healthy at that plant. You know, when you're making a product like ours, which is essential, and if you look at home renovations, you know, people are at home dreaming you know, that's something where they're, they were and are putting their money into and our supply chain could not get disrupted because it would really disrupt our business. Um, if we, if our whole plant went down, we would have two weeks of disrupted manufacturing. And so we were very lucky and we continue to be very 
diligent in keeping everyone safe at our manufacturing facility. We have over 550 employees. Uh, for two months, we did furlough half the company and we really brought it down and just maintained. So we kind of took all the marketing down and we just maintained our operations. We did not disrupt any of the distribution channels. So we were able to continue, um, I would say by June 1st, we are back to full capacity, but we have less employees. I think like many businesses out there, we've learned that um, we can operate with less people and full function. I think so that's I, 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 so I, I'll come back and ask you some more questions about your business and how it's gone from a supply chain, uh, et cetera, standpoint. But tell me, how did uh, the, the riots uh, impact you, the protests? You know, yeah, that's a really good question. I would say from our business perspective, um, we, we really have any corruption other than if there were any locations that sold Cambria in Minneapolis. Um, I can tell you, you know, Dan can share with you how it's disrupted her business. We do have a gallery that is located right downtown Minneapolis. We did have to board up. We had to close down. Um, that didn't really disrupt the business and company overall, just because it was such an isolated location. Um, the riot, though, I think in general, it just, it really just shook people up. I mean, it was more of a psychological um, situation for everybody in our town. Yeah. And then not downtown Minneapolis. I mean, I live in a suburb which is very similar to Oakville in distance from Toronto called Edina. And Edina is like Oakville wealthier community. And the weekends when that was going on after George Floyd, there were, um, there were rumors going around that um, Antifa or anyone coming into town, we're going to go after the wealthy suburbs. So, you know, that gets into your psyche. You have people buying guns and, you know, really scared. Seriously, and so, so people were buying guns. You couldn't get a gun. They were sold out. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it, it really got to that moment that um, neighborhoods were um, having group meetings. Um, in fact, my kids, their, their father, um, I'm divorced. Their father lives in Minneapolis blocks from when this is going on. He called me that weekend when everything was going down in Minneapolis and said, can you take the kids this weekend? Because our neighborhood has gotten together and we've heard that there's going to be some really bad things happening and we don't want the kids here. So well, let's, it, let's, let's come back to you in a minute, but let's uh, switch to Suzanne uh, for a minute. Uh, Suzanne, your um, spa is right downtown Minneapolis. Yes, it's right up of um, 10th and Nicholas, or LaSalle, which so is how far, how far away from sort of the epicenter of, uh, of, the, of the killing of George Floyd and, and uh, the protests, et cetera? Well, it's probably about a half a mile, but the riots ended up coming down all the way into our area as well. So tell me what happened to your business. And what was it like? uh, many of the stores were looted. Exactly. Uh, the first riot, it was... Um, very frightening. I was like, I didn't even know it was what was happening. And our store was still closed because of the pandemic. And so I went next door to the stores next door and I was like, what's happening? Everybody's gone. <laughs> and no, nobody said anything to me. And they're like, well, there's a riot coming. And I was like, a riot? They're like, yeah, like everybody's boarding up. And here I am in my store. I'm like, am I supposed to board up? And they're like, I don't know. And so 
basically I didn't know how to board up my store and I need, and I was freaked out. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to try to get my one product line out of here and then go. And basically I watched it from new, the news station and, you know, they were, you know, right by us, right next door, you know, smashing up everything. I kept trying to call other businesses and see like, am I, am I smashed? Am I broke into? And, um, and were you? Luckily, I wasn't, I only had two windows broken, but it was very, very scary. I can and imagine then, it was just, uh, it was just incredible. We're going to take a break for some messages and come back more with Summer Cass and Suzanne Erickson in just a minute. Stay with us. No radio, no problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca. Welcome back to the Brian Crombie Radio Hour on Saga 960. Well, fascinating chatting with Suzanne Erickson, who runs a a spa and a studio uh, right downtown Minneapolis in Summer Cath, who uh, uh, is executive vice president of a business that is uh, located in Minneapolis and, and lived downtown Minneapolis, but uh, moved out into one of the suburbs, uh, um, comparable, I guess, to Mississauga or Oakville uh, uh, from a Toronto standpoint uh, in Minneapolis. Um, so maybe Susanna can come back to you. Uh, so you're, you, I interrupted you just as we went to a message break and you were talking about uh, the night of the George Floyd uh, uh, death um, and uh, that you said these protests quickly turned into riots uh, and they were coming towards you and, and people were warning you that uh, you had to board up. Did you board up? No, I didn't. But so you didn't uh, have to board up? No, I was just fortunate. Like right next door to the block next to me was completely demolished. Right, like 10 feet away. So really, I was, I was just very fortunate. Yeah. Why, why were some blocks demolished and other blocks weren't? It just happened to be where the protests went or? Yeah, it, I think so. And maybe because there was a liquor store on that block. <laughs> you know, Brian, they, it, it, throughout Minneapolis, it didn't seem like there was a rhyme or rhythm of where they went. They would just kind of blanket and like go to an area or a strip mall and then skip over two streets and then take out another area. So it was just a grab shoot if you're going to be, you know, in their destruction. Now, you said you were glued to the TVs. Um, you know, frankly, we were glued to the TVs here in Toronto. So it, 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 it was something that, uh, you know, I think went worldwide uh, very quickly. Um, what did you do? Did you watch it on TV? Did you go watch it in person? Uh, what, was the, what was it like being in the same city? Uh, it's your city that was sort of international news for a couple of days. It was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Like something out of a movie. Not real. Suzanne, did you go back to your studio? Did you stay at home? What did you do? I went back the very next day. I wasn't going to go back during that time. And when I went back, it was just like, you know, just things were destructive all over the place. The whole one area was still up in smoke and burning in the town. It was very, it was very disturbing. Yeah. And, and these protests continued for, for weeks, did they not? I would say that entire week it did, yes. Not at the level of what it was, but everybody was afraid. And we, I didn't even open my business. I was supposed to open my business that week and um, my employees were too afraid to go back to work. And I, I was like, yep, okay, you know, we can't do this to you emotionally. And, and what's happened downtown now? 
people didn't want to come in. Uh, people didn't want to come downtown. Yeah. What's happened downtown now? Is is downtown come back? Is it resurgent? Is it still, um, you know, boarded up and uh, and destroyed in places? Tell me, describe uh, downtown Minneapolis to us. I felt like it was coming back until um, just recently on the second riot that happened, and then it took out the rioters took out a whole another section of Minneapolis, and completely down Nicollet Mall, which is supposed to be our you know beautiful area street of people, you know, businesses and. Um, Sorry, when was this? When was the second riot? Um, it was. Do you remember the date of the second riot? I think it's a month ago. It was about a month ago. A gentleman, there was a shooting in one of our parking ramps, and the police were hot pursuit to get this gentleman. He shot himself, but it kind of went out that the police shot him. And so all of a sudden, the riots let loose again. And they took out some of our best retail on Nicolette Mall, which is where we had, you know, was really the epicenter of downtown. Now that's all boarded up, it's smashed. Um, it, it, it's really a sad sight, so. I saw a, uh, an article that suggested that police um, stoppings of vehicles had gone down dramatically in Minneapolis since uh, the, the protests and, and the riots. Um, are police afraid to, to stop people now, engage? I believe they are. Yes. I mean, they don't want to be caught for something that they didn't do. Just like this last um, person that killed themselves on Nicollet Mall. He didn't. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They said it was the police that killed them. It was some girl on an interview that went out virally through social media very quickly. Said, the, you know, the police did it. She saw the smoke from his gun. It was, you know, not a question that the police did it. And instantaneously instantaneously that's what set off the riots so if police are going to be blamed that quickly for something that they didn't do i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't want to be a police officer right now and all the you know they're getting such a bad rap and we need them we need the police so your um, i think your mayor came out fairly quickly and uh, suggested defunding uh, police but i think that some of the council people that had maybe uh, initially said they agreed with defunding police or backtracking now. What's the status of that and how does the population uh, think about that? Yeah, I was going to say, so today on Fox National News, they were actually citing the council members now backpedaling on what they said, saying that it was not interpreted properly. And, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous what they're coming out and saying as far as, no, they didn't really mean to defund the police. And they actually had a study of 
both black and white people and who wants the police back at full force or more. And it was equal white and black people want them back at 100% or more. People are feeling very unsafe. Now, I would have thought, uh, and, and I, I visited your city a few times. Um, I can't say that I know it very well. I, I wouldn't have thought that your city would have been a, a city with bad race relations. Um, has it been a city with bad race relations? What's happened and why and, and where do you think it's going? Personally, I don't believe it had bad relationships. I don't feel like we were, um, you know, there was anything going on before COVID and these riots. I think we were a great city. And, and so, so African-Americans, uh, blacks and whites got along fine? Absolutely. Like at least, and I'm in the center of it. Like I never felt fear before. And now I feel fear on my block every single day. And before that, it was just people mixtures going this way, that way. And I never had the feeling that I'm having now of being, I feel like I'm racist, even though I'm not racist because of what's going on. Like, you know, judging where I shouldn't be judging, but because of this um, crime and the irate of these people coming out, it's, it's scary. But for, for, for people to react so quickly and negatively to what happened to George Floyd, there must have been some pent-up, you know, pressure cooker anger. There must have been. I, I think that it, I think it's a con I, I do think it was there. I think it's not just Minneapolis. I think it's everywhere. Um, but I, I also think that COVID may be exacerbated because some people are in a situation where they're so down and out or you know, there's really no repercussions because you know what? I've lost all my money. I don't have a job and who cares? So let's just go do this because this is how I really feel. Now, when also, the, uh, also, they can get away with anything now. You know, no one's going to bust them. We can do whatever we want. And it's, that's the feeling that's out there right now. Really? Mm -hmm. Because it's sort of uh, the national media attention that they, uh, they, they, they can do anything with impunity. Yeah. And just call it protesting. <laughs> really? So, so this is, this is fascinating. So, uh, you know, um, some of you live in the suburbs. Um, did the suburbs have a very different attitude than downtown? I think that when we were in that week of major looting and crime and burning things, everybody was paralyzed in the Twin Cities because, because we were hearing rumors that I mean, people were in buses coming from states all around here to come in and really set our city on fire. And also there was rumors they were coming to the suburbs where all the white privileged people live. And so everybody was scared. I mean, we were, we, we, we wanted they did to some of the suburbs too. They did, that's right. Yeah. Now, are your, um, are, are your suburbs reasonably segregated? It, it, it's, there's some suburbs that are primarily white and other areas that uh, are primarily, uh, uh, primarily black? I think it's, I, I think we have a nice mixture, um, but I, it's pretty white <laughs> in some of our suburbs. Um, I would say Edina and Minnetonka and some of the other predominantly wealthy cities. Uh, I think Canada and Toronto is more of that, what do you call the quilt? 
than we are of different a cultural mosaic, mosaic. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Mosaic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess I would have, you know, and again, I, I, I visited your city, but I don't know it nearly as well as I probably should. My perception of what you're describing is sort of what I would have perceived in the Southern U.S., not in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Um, I would have thought you were far more integrated, but it sounds like uh, you are uh, reasonably segregated still. I feel like we are now more than ever. I beg your pardon? I feel like we are now more than ever. I don't, I feel like we were coming more like together, personally, myself. And this has uh, torn you apart. Yeah, I, I definitely feel it has torn our city apart and made a lot of, you know, animosity between everybody. In, in the news media of some of the protests, particularly, I guess there was some that were uh, along, um, along a highway, expressway. Um, it, it appeared that there were a fair amount of whites, particularly young whites, uh, in the protests. Uh, is that a reality or is that just what the national media was trying to show us? I would say it's a reality. Um, I think this was a moment where a lot of the younger generation took that opportunity to come out and be a part of that protest. Um, I think that's a generational thing. And I'm, I'm seeing that a lot. I, my daughters are 13 and 15, so they're not quite there. But I think that college students, um, from what I'm hearing, are really taking this moment to have a voice about it. A voice uh, in a support voice. of George Floyd against the police and in support of better race relations. That's right. Really? Right. And, and what about the older generation? We just want to stay home. I think the older generation realizes more in depth what's going on instead of the younger generation just taking on what they learn on social media through news. You know, they don't understand. They're just making a stand for something they don't understand enough about. And I, I feel like even um, the little store that was next door to me that got busted in, he was there the second time it got looted. And he said that th- these you know, kids, he called them kids, were coming in and they busted the first window of his store and he said to the kids, please don't come in. I have nothing for you. If you want the egg rolls, you can have the egg rolls. They still came smashing through the window and one of them was going to take down his family picture off the wall and smash it. And that's when he said, that's it. And he took out his gun at this kid and he pointed it at the kid and he said, um, the kid was like he could see in his eyes that he was petrified and the, you know, the business owner that was there, he was, he's a young guy himself said he took his gun and put it, he just put it down and he started crying. He said, I couldn't do it. I saw the fear in the kid's eyes. So it's, and he let him, he sat and watched them destroy a store. And did they destroy the family picture? (laughs) I don't think so. Well, that's a, it's a pretty uh, uh, compelling story that, uh, yeah. that the store owner said, picked up his gun, pointed yeah, it at the young kid, but couldn't pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. He said, and their family's been in business for 30 years, and they're thinking about moving. 30 years, and, they put the and, whole family. Vietnamese well, so family. I presume it was a uh, Chinese or Vietnamese uh, yeah. restaurant? Vietnamese, yeah. And um, so did they target, did the, did the rioters target specific um, stores or establishments owned by non-blacks or, or just anybody? Just anybody. 
So blacks, black owned stores were as ransacked as anyone else. I would say all nationalities were ransacked. Yes. And, and, you know, you both used the, the word riot right away. I used the word protest. So, so was it a riot right away or did it start as a protest and become riot or are we talking semantics? Go ahead, Summer. Yeah, I think we're talking semantics. I mean, it came out raging. I mean, there's protesters, there was definitely peaceful protesters. We've had them, we continue to have them. You maybe saw the moment when they all went out on one of our, one of our major freeways and then a semi came through, you know, so there certainly has been the peaceful, but then I'm telling you the riots, I would classify that as the people that came into town that wanted to loot, that just wanted to be evil because it was the moment that allowed them to do it. My sense is Minneapolis-St. Paul is a city sort of far away from anywhere else. Where did they come into town from? Chicago, um, Wisconsin, Midwest cities. I mean, really? actually- That's a long way. People were seeing, um, I remember, um, plates from all kinds of states, maybe even Florida. So yeah, I mean, I think it was because the spotlight was on us with George Floyd, people were willing to come from anywhere. What do you think of the, uh, the reaction of uh, both the, the chief of police and your mayor? The chief of police, uh, you know, I think stood up not the same night, but fairly close thereafter. And, uh, you know, it was sort of an apology. Um, and, uh, and the mayor as well. And I was, um, I was quite impressed with their, their reactions, uh, but it didn't calm things down. I would tell you that people of Minneapolis were not impressed with our mayor's reaction. Um, the lack of getting the National Guard out the night that it was the worst, um, there was a lack of response. Um, and when he came forward, I think it was four in the morning after the first night, um, they, he was pointedly asked, who's in charge and what's the plan? Which is a pretty straightforward question. He did not answer either question. And that, that was the moment when everybody really lost faith in him as a leader. We're chatting tonight with Summer Kath and uh, Suzanne Erickson. Summer is a, uh, a senior executive with a, a company uh, called uh, Cambia. Uh, Cambia what? Cambia? Cambria. Cambria. I apologize. And you do uh, granite uh, countertops uh, for renovations and homes and things like that. And Suzanne Erickson, who is uh, a, a spa and, uh, and uh, salon owner in downtown uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul, called Red Elephant. No, Red Jungle. <laughs> you might as well call it that now. <laughs> We're going to take a break for some messages and come right back with uh, Summer and Suzanne in just a minute. Stay with us. Stream us live at saga960am.ca. Welcome back to the Brian Crombie Radio Hour. We're chatting tonight about Minneapolis-St. Paul and the aftermath of, uh, of the killing of George Floyd. Um, we're talking with Summer Kath, who is the Executive Vice President of uh, Cambria, um, uh, a uh, countertop, granite countertop company that's headquartered in uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul. Um, Summer used to live downtown, now lives in a suburb, suburb probably comparable to Mississauga or Oakville. Uh, and Suzanne Erickson, who, uh, who uh, has a studio, a, uh, a spa, a uh, uh, establishment right downtown, um, close to the epicenter of all of the protests and, uh, and, and riots. Uh, Suzanne, what was the worst experience of this uh, whole process? Well, I would say 
COVID wasn't bad enough. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And the riots weren't bad enough. And then. I have a daughter that is pregnant and she works with me. She's worked with me for 15 years, was in the salon training in somebody. I ran an errand and um, I get this phone call that something bad has happened in the salon. So I quickly go back to the salon and what had happened is there was um, a gentleman came in without his mask on and my daughter's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, legally we have to have you wear a mask. And so he said, he just left and he comes back with a mask on. And he said, will this do? And she said, yes, thank you. You know, how can I help you? And he said, I need a tissue. And so she goes, okay, I'll help you with that. And she goes to get a tissue for him, comes back and he's like creating chaos in the salon, calling everybody racist. And and my daughter's, you know, trying to diffuse this and being very sweet to him by saying, no, you know, we're not racist here, which we are not racist and being very kind to him. And he looks straight at her stomach, which she's five months pregnant, looks up at her face and punched her in the face. He grabbed a big vase off of our shelf, big purple vase and started running after her. And Kari's like, you know, call the police, somebody call the police. She gets back into the back room into the spa room and he's holding this vase over her head going, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to fuck you up. Looking right at her. And she's like terrified. And she's like, I'm just trying to help you, sir. I'm just trying to help you. Here's, here's a tissue. See, I have it for you. I'm, you know, just trying to help you. And I think he heard another girl out on the phone, um, talking to the police. So it diffused him. He went out of the, out of that room, went right up to the other girl and punched her in the face, threw the vase at another girl. He started smashing up everything in the salon and grabbed a couple cell phones from behind the desk. Um, they were just, you know, petrified from this, what oh, happened. God, this sounds unbelievable. This is terrible. Yeah, was, I'm so sorry. Is, she, is your daughter okay? Is the baby okay? She's okay. She was like, yeah, she was breathing very hard and nauseous and stuff like that, but she is okay. Yeah. And, and the and, baby? Um, they, did, they did catch the guy because he had the cell phones. And so they were able to track the cell phones and the police were great. They were so wonderful. And they said that this gentleman had been caught multiple times for theft before, but he's always gotten out. And so, um, I don't know if he's now in jail or not in jail. The question is why has he been continuously let out of jail every single time that he's been busted? He's very dangerous. And from this, you know, I've lost multiple employees. It's just continuously one thing after another that I've lost my employees. People are afraid to come downtown. It's just, you know, it's just, it's destructive. It's like putting me under my business under, and I've been there for 19 years and I've had a, a really good business for a long time and it was fine till COVID. It was, is, is, is I'm not, is, is downtown is your street a, a high-end street, a low-end street? What type of a, 
Is this a, no, is this was, a, a, a lousy downtown or a nice downtown? No, it was definitely a nice downtown until just recently. Um, just since COVID, they turned one of our major hotels, which is one block away from me, into a homeless shelter. And so these homeless people are, you know, I know that they have things wrong with the mental issues and they're, you know, dependent on drugs and alcohol. But because of that, they're all in my block and they're everywhere. And, some, you know, I, I feel bad for them, but it's, it's ruining our businesses right here. Right. Was this a, a, a high-end hotel or a, a budget yeah, hotel? A mm -hmm. It was a high-end hotel. And There's, they turned it into a homeless shelter. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that they probably needed the money probably from the state or whatever to keep the hotel going, but it's ruining our businesses around the area. Does uh, have a big homeless problem? It, it was never like Chicago or, you know, San Francisco or anything like that. It, we have some, you know, but it seems for some reason, I'm not really sure why, that there's more and more and more. And I don't, I know people say it's because they're out of, you know, so many people are out of work or this or that, but I'm not seeing that type of people in where I'm at on my street. I'm seeing more like, you know, they have mental issues and they're, you know, have substance abuse and it's, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's definitely unfortunate for all of us. So I'm really uh, sorry to hear your story about your daughter and and the uh, and the the assault that took place yeah. in uh, in your studio. Uh, it's almost it sounds though that people were using the race riots as an excuse to do theft. Oh, absolutely. Yep, I agree a hundred percent. Which was sort of what you know was the difference between the protest I was describing and the riots that uh, you were describing. It's there's some element of of the people that were seeing it as a cover that they could get away with anything and do anything and started ransacking. It certainly wasn't everybody, but uh, there is a certain group of people that use the excuse of, of race, bad race relations or protests or whatever to go out and steal egg rolls or uh, assault uh, studios or, or go to liquor stores or, or, you know, we saw these pictures from Los Angeles where they were running out with Nikes and uh, running shoes. I was, I was appalled. Yeah, that's what they were doing here too. Yeah, the stores here as well. What what is it? It's almost as if the you know societal solidarity and uh, and cohesion and uh, you know the rights like you know your attitudes of civil obedience have broken down. With some people, yes. What's that, happened? I think people think they have the license. It's if you have the evil in you, it's coming out right now because they feel like there's a license and some, an umbrella that they can come under and they're protected. That's, that, that really feels like that's the attitude and it's everywhere, all the major cities. But the, 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 the perception um, is that there has been a, a race relations issue. Um, uh, you know, not just in the United States, frankly, we've got it uh, in Toronto, it, you know, people have talked about it across the world. Um, and whether it's systemic racism or, uh, or, uh, or racism or, or prejudice or whatnot. Um, but I don't think this is the answer. <laughs> this isn't no. the answer. I don't know what the answer is, but this is definitely not the answer. So I've what is the answer, Suzanne? Hmm? 
What is the answer? I don't know, <laughs> but there's got I'm not in charge of this. <laughs> well, that, but, but you're in the, you're in the front lines of it. Um, I and, know. Uh, it's happening right. uh, on your block and uh, on the next block. Yep. And I've, I've written letters to the mayor and to, you know, every, everybody I can think of, you know, trying to say this, like, what is happening? What can we do? I get nothing back. Do you think that blacks and whites mixed in Minneapolis? Do I think that they do mix? Did they mix? I felt like they did personally, but you know, I'm coming from, maybe I'm coming from a different place. I'm a, I have family members that are married to black people. I have nieces and nephews that are half black. I don't have, I'm not prejudiced. So for me, it's probably a different story than maybe for somebody else. But like, I still don't see this as the answer. If, that, if this is how they felt, there could have been a different way of putting it and like not destroying businesses. And, you know, maybe the people that are peaceful protesting, that's one thing, but the riots, you know, even allowed it to happen to get on that level is. What about the police force? Did it have a reputation of, of being violent and, and, and assaulting black people without, uh, without uh, good reason? I think Minneapolis probably did have uh, some of that. You know, I didn't know what at the time, but after learning this, I have found out that they did have that in them. But I still think that there's a different answer than right. coming down to this. So um, it sounds like there's a greater division today between whites and blacks in Minneapolis. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and it could and, one of the concerns in the last, you know, couple of decades um, in the United States uh, and in Canada was the sort of the hollowing out of downtown as the whites uh, fleed downtown and went to the suburbs. Um, and then, you know, for the last 10 or 15 years, people were moving back downtown and there was a resurgence of downtown, both downtown shops and downtown living and downtown businesses. Is this going to see a, uh, a reaction against that? You know what, I read, there's a really good article in our Star Tribune, our local Toronto Star um, newspaper this weekend, and they had interviewed several different people that live downtown Minneapolis, and it was, it was very, there was an empty nester couple who recently moved to downtown about a year ago, and they still love it. They said there's, I was surprised to read this article. They said there's still an energy downtown and we're going to stick it out. And then you have younger people who you know want different things and are, are don't want to be stuck working from home in a tiny apartment and they're moving out so i think it's very i think there will be people that will stick it out whether you're white or black or what race you are and there will be those that that don't want to deal with it so i think it'll all come you know it i think it'll all correct itself eventually i think the tr- the million dollar you know question is when and what is the solution? Suzanne, you're right. No, if we had it, we, we could fix it now. And my daughter, who's 15, she um, was singing a song in my car this weekend. And I, I asked her, what, is, what, is, what does this mean? And she said, it means that all of you, you know, older people, adults, have uh, made all these decisions and you're leaving us with this to deal with as the younger generation. So I thought that was such an interesting perspective. It's a brand new song. And I think that the younger generation thinks that we've gotten us here and now it's yours to deal with. And I think that's an interesting attitude that they have. 
And well, you know, it, it, I do think it's interesting, and, and I'm not sure about Minneapolis, uh, and certainly not in your riots. But in a lot of the protests that we've seen, and you know, who knows whether the media are telling us the complete truth and giving us a great picture because the cameras can only show a certain amount of what's going on. But I got the impression that there were a lot of young whites in the protests, the peaceful protests. Um, and in fact, in a lot of situations, uh, there were both blacks and whites that were stopping some of the rioters from, from trashing uh, businesses and things like that. And so you know, I'm hopeful that the next generation are if not colorblind, uh, a lot less uh, prejudiced and racist than past generations uh, have been. Um, and I do think that this is potentially a, a, a turning point. But you're right, Suzanne, you know, to, 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 to ransack buildings and to threaten your daughter, um, that's not the way to achieve these ends. No. Definitely. We're going to take a break. We're chatting with Suzanne Erickson, the owner of, uh, of um, Red Jungle. Jungle Red, a uh, studio and spa in uh, downtown Minneapolis. And Summer Kath, who is uh, a senior executive with Cambria um, uh, Countertops. Uh, and we're going to take a break for some messages and come back with some concluding comments in just a minute. Stay with us. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca. Well, what a fascinating conversation with Summer Kath, the executive vice president of uh, business development with uh, corporate development, business development with uh, Cambria Countertops. It's granite countertops that uh, I want to get for my house, right? You made, you promised me you'd give me a good deal, right? Right. As long right. as you stop calling it granite and call it quart <laughs> quartz. That's I right. apologize. No, good, good <laughs> correction. And Suzanne Erickson, who's going to cut my hair next time I'm in Minneapolis, St. Paul, right? Who runs um, the, uh, the Red Jungle, the Jungle Red uh, Studio Spa uh, Salon in downtown Minneapolis. What's the name of the street that you're on, Suzanne? Uh, LaSalle Avenue. LaSalle? Yep, 13th and LaSalle. Fantastic. Um, Summer, you're in a democratic state. Um, how is this going to impact politics? Uh, is uh, Trump's law and order um, attitude going to win out or is, uh, you know, the concern about race relations and, uh, and his handling of, uh, of COVID-19 going to win out? What, what do you think it's going to, where's the balance going to go? That is another million dollar question, but how I <coughs> would respond to it, and we're very close, I think we're 40 some days out of knowing what the future is there, but, you know, here in the States, um, the governors have all really had control over, you know, how their economies are operating and how they shut down. Um, here in Minnesota, uh, Governor Waltz is our governor. Um, I think he's done a so-so good job here. You know, we have mass requirements, which I think have been very helpful in our numbers. Um, but I do think that we were shut down for a good amount of time and even, you know, public schools aren't all back in school. Whereas South Dakota, our neighbor, Republican state, um, Christine Nome, she never shut her economy down. Um, they kept going. And um, I even visited uh, Sioux Falls last month because they had the first major sporting fan attended PGA tournament that Cambria is a presenting sponsor. And it was like a different world. They have no mass requirements. 
Um, we were all together. There was hundreds, thousands of people together on a golf course. I met the governor. She's lovely. Um, she really cares about the economy continuing and kids going back to school. So there you've got two completely different states, and that's really how it's happening in every different state, whether it's a Dem or Republican. What's going to happen, you know, after, you know, on November 4th? Um, no one knows. That'll be really interesting to see how, you know, what happens and how that's going to blanket govern the whole United States and where we go into 2021. And, and just out of interest, uh, do you know what the difference in the infection rate or mortality rate in, uh, in Minneapolis, uh, in Minnesota versus uh, South Dakota is? Which, which strategy worked better? I think it's not exactly an apples to apples because South Dakota has a completely different population density. So I think that they have more, obviously, um, land to roam. But I do think... Uh, I think she made a really good choice because their infection rates are much lower than ours. Um, we today are roughly between 700, 800 cases a day, and they are way below that. They're, you know, they're, they are home to Stanford Health Systems, which is a huge, kind of like the Princess Margaret. It's a huge health system that's based in Sioux Falls. And so they've also been really serious as far as their testing and having readily available testing. So I don't think that's because of lack of testing. I think that they're just doing a really good job um, keeping it under wraps and, and, and people are doing a good job and, and, and being diligent. Your city was ransacked. It was on the international news uh, for a while um, with uh, you know, pictures of, uh, of destruction downtown Minneapolis. Um, more conversations about uh, police brutality or police uh, treatment of blacks. Uh, you know, your, your city was under an international media microscope for a while. Um, and, uh, you know, you've said that the mayor was criticized for not calling in the National Guard, uh, um, you know, the night of the, those first riots. Do you think that Donald Trump's sort of law and order card is going to play well with... Uh, maybe not with everybody, with, with uh, the suburban whites. I do. I, I personally do. I think that, but, you know, that is a, it's a big question. <laughs> and a lot of people have different opinions about it in the United States, I can tell you that. Give me a sense. What, what are the two opinions? If you were giving one opinion versus the other opinion, what would you be saying? I think that there's a, I think it's politically charged because there's a lot of people that don't like Trump in the US. So I think there's that that's in play here. Um, but I think that, you know, you've got our state where our governor and our mayor were slow to make decisions and had, you know, we had an oversight to make a decision and, and protect people that we may have had less destruction. And um, what we saw was outrageous. And I, I don't, I, you know, I would never want that to happen again to any city. And if that's going to so take I've, it over. I've had a bunch of, uh, I've had a lot of people on my show that, uh, you know, have, have, have seen what happened to uh, George Floyd and the, and the protests and have seen this as sort of the catalyst to a major positive change in race relations um, that, uh, that uh, white people have seen uh, white privilege like they've never seen before the police brutality like they've never seen before, the image of, uh, you know, someone's knee on, on someone's neck for nine minutes, um, uh, which was a sort of a visceral, personal uh, kind of video that, you know, uh, you know, 
getting shot in the back is bad, but, but seeing just like you were describing Suzanne, you know, your, your daughter's, uh, uh, terrible situation, seeing those videos was, a, was, was, was terrible. And I think it brought, um, you know, police brutality to people's, uh, images, um, like, like almost never before. Um, but then at the same time, what you've described in Minneapolis is a hollowing out of downtown, people scared to go down downtown, people shuttering their shops, uh, taking advantage of, uh, of bad race relations or the perception of bad race relations to go on uh, ransacking um, uh, rampages or come in and try to, uh, to uh, steal from your, uh, your spa, uh, your salon. Um, and, and, and people, some are in the, uh, the well-to-do white neighborhoods that uh, are buying guns and are worried about their safety. So in the end, is this good and will it lead to positive change or is this bad and will lead to more racism and division? What do you think? I think it's gonna take a long time before it recovers and goes into good. I think that it's, um, and especially with the election and people being so, you know, compromised one way or another way in the way they feel. People's feelings are so strong. It's, it's unfortunately gonna take a lot to get it to turn into the good. Summer? I, I would agree, but I do think there will be good that comes out of this. I think people are, are, are able to get, have confidence to have that voice that they didn't feel they had. And I think the generation us <laughs> and older um, need to hear this and need to see it. Not saying that any, all of the destruction um, should have happened. It shouldn't, but it is what it is. And we have to go forward. And so I agree, Suzanne, I think, I think good will eventually come from this, but I think we all have to be smart too when we move forward. Summer, if I could uh, have you speak for 30 seconds to Joe Biden, what would you tell him? Oh my God! Can I pass on that one. Would you would you tell him that he needs to have more law and order in his agenda? I would. That being so passive uh, um, and 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 accommodative toward the protests is is wrong. Yeah. I, yes, I would agree with that. I think that it. It just seems that he's not really running his agenda. I don't think he has an agenda. He's running everybody else's agenda, and it's really hard to um, believe in that. Suzanne, if I could uh, give you 30 seconds to talk to Donald Trump, what would you tell him? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> You're doing a great job <laughs> throughout all this. I mean, people are crazy you now, and, you know, Yes, we need law and order. That's what we need. And somebody has to put it out there. Well, Summer Cass of uh, Cambria um, Quartz Countertops, thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight. And Suzanne Erickson of uh, Jungle Red uh, Salon and Studio, uh, downtown Minneapolis. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. We're gonna take a break and come back with my concluding comments in just a second. Stay with us. Stream us live at saga960am.ca.
Well, what a fascinating conversation tonight with Summer Kath. Um, she's with a, a big company in uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul and Suzanne Erickson, who's with a downtown small company in uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul. And you know what? We've all watched on, uh, on TV what was going on uh, with uh, George Floyd. Uh, and I do think that this um, very personal uh, knee on the neck nine minutes uh, translated through social media um, you know, trillions of times uh, has had an impact on people's uh, realization of police brutality uh, uh, like it's never before. But at the same time, um, the visions of these protests that may have started out peacefully that then ended up being riots and ransacking, whether it was downtown Minneapolis or, you know, we saw them in uh, lots of other cities across the United States, um, have also had an impact. And, you know, with race relations on one hand and, and, uh, and law and order on the other, where do you come out? And I, got, I guess where I come out is whenever you got a protest, there's people who are going to take advantage of it. And, uh, and, 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 and we can't let that, in the end, be the only thing we remember. We've got to remember what was the cause of the original protests. And, you know, I can go back to the, uh, you know, the G20 in Toronto where uh, we had uh, people that came in from, uh, you know, all over, just as Summer was describing how people were being bussed in from all over and brought in all over. Um, uh, they came in from all over and were protesting absolutely everything. Um, and, uh, and, and that's not who Toronto is. That's not who uh, um, uh, the activists in Toronto are. Um, we got uh, perceived as that because that's what the media were showing, but that's not who we really were. And so we cannot allow ourselves to be completely um, prejudiced by pictures of bad, evil people using protests as an opportunity to go ransack. And no matter how terrible it was that Suzanne's daughter got assaulted, and it is terrible, that was one person, one bad person who took um, the situation in Minneapolis to their advantage to use bad race relationships as an excuse to go do what they were probably doing anywhere anyway, which was be a thief. So what's the answer of all that? I think we've got a race relations issue in North America, um, in Canada, in the United States, and we've got to do a better job of uh, getting to know our, uh, our, our black neighbors. Um, in Canada, we've got to do a better job getting to know our indigenous uh, people. Um, uh, you know, in the uh, United States, they, uh, they called slavery the original sin. Well, in Canada, our original sin was probably the way we treated our indigenous people. And we've got to do a better job on that. That said, in protests, don't allow those evil people to take advantage of the protests and go ransack buildings. Just don't let them because they, they give us all a bad name. They give activists a bad name. They give politics a bad name. They give protests a bad name. And it's, and it's wrong. Anyway, that's my two cents worth. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Summer, Suzanne, thank you very much for joining us. It was really quite uh, interesting listening to what was going on in Minneapolis-St. Paul. That's the show for tonight. Good night, everybody. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca.